1: Down this episode. Oh, it's just the three just of us. the three amigos. We need the rock, <laughs> the amigos. Will Rock. Yeah. <laughs> we do, yeah, the rock. Yeah, <laughs> just, uh, That's right. Painted orange. <laughs> man, episode 12. We've been episode doing this 12. for actually over three months now because we skipped a week last week. week. We skipped a week, man. We did. That's true. That's we were right. all over the place. Chase, where were you? I was in
2: paradise, also known as Guam. Uh, tons of stories. Guam is probably the best place on earth. Yeah. Um, We'll jump into that a it's little bit true. later. But <laughs> it's true. It's <laughs> true. Reed did not lie. He had a great time on Guam last year, and I had uh, a better time, I think. So yeah. it was fun. Well, the jujitsu looked fun, but I got to say, man, the Instagram story just that entire week, it was like a. It was like a tourist commercial for just like Jiu-Jitsu Paradise. You, you guys gotta go. So I want to give a huge shout out to everyone on Guam because uh, literally I feel like I met like everyone on Guam. But yeah. Steve Shimizu, Lloyd <laughs> Kudukub,
1: all, all thirty people there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there was it's a whole small, gang
2: right? of people that really made the entire event possible. They took all the athletes around every night, uh, put us in an amazing hotel, the Nico Hotel on Guam, and there's just from start to finish, Guam was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And uh, if you're an athlete. You need to go to that event. You need to get on there somehow. So reach out. Mariana's Open. You guys got to go. Yeah. So. so you you hated it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You
0: had the worst time. <laughs> uh, I'm
2: going to I'm gonna go back just on my own. So <laughs> oh, nice. yeah. I hope, man. Yeah. Fingers crossed, Absolutely. right? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I got to watch some of the matches there. I was catching up on that, and I've been back in the office this week, and uh, I was watching some of the matches from the
2: event. Man, it was good. There Felipe was some- Pena and Azaki uh, Bahianz, man, they... They just ran through it. They did an amazing yeah. job. Um, Jackson Souza had an amazing performance against Muhammad Ali. If you have not seen that match, incredible stand-up war. Not a moment wasted. Both guys going at it. Uh, Mariana shortened the match time to six minutes from 10. Oh, I like so that. So really pushed the pace, and nice. uh, guys were really getting after nice. it. So yeah. awesome. really fun and stuff. And it's
1: interesting that Isaac and Felipe Pena, they're both uh, defending champions, right? Yeah. They came back, and they... They did,
0: it, they did it again. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. They fought last year, though. Mm-hmm. I, to did, see I want to see did. that again. There was, there was no <laughs>
2: absolute this time. Um, right. They split it up, but really, really great time.
1: Man, um, that's awesome. I, I actually spoke to a bunch of the guys who were there at, in Guam with you because uh, I was in Abu Dhabi, mm. and a bunch of the guys who competed at the Marianas Open, they flew straight there, which is, man, that's quite a, quite a schedule right there, pretty hectic. But I think it was Natsu um, Canuto, uh, Tanner Rice, Obviously, Felipe and Isaac as well,
2: and they were all just saying such great things about it. Man, they say, "Oh, that place." Man, yeah. I was super impressed with Tanner Rice because not only did he put up a fight, I um, mean, you know, with Felipe Pena that was incredible. He was still cutting weight for for King of mats and Mattson World Pro. Whoa! He still but had. Then he ended up going up a weight,
0: didn't he? He, he did. He, <laughs> did yeah. he did find.
2: He did find a spot in the, in the higher weight class. I think uh, someone someone right. pulled out, and so he he someone took that gladly. Yep. Mm-hmm. But he still, in his mind, on the day of competition, knew he had to lose like ten pounds. Still. Oh, wow! So that is tough. Yeah, Special we gotta to we we gotta we, we gotta
0: bring the whole crew, the whole flow grappling crew, has got to go to. Guam- Mom next year i think, year. Yeah. I think yeah. we gotta make some some crazy we'll stuff make it happen <laughs>
2: man it, god that all you can eat fresh sushi as well huh yeah we took a boat out have fresh sushi i mean it was the you hear about the jujitsu lifestyle and sometimes you don't know what that means i felt like i was in jujitsu lifestyle heaven yeah oh, yeah you lived so, it
0: right but it i feel was, like the big story there was, was this whole last week was felipe Pena. man i'm just like that guy what a killer incredible. making some money getting some belts and uh and L- made it look easy. He really does. Like well him his-
1: him and Isaac actually they had an incredible time. So they were in Kazakhstan one weekend, then they fly to Guam to compete again. And then they fly to Abu Dhabi the following week to compete one more time. The amount of money that they made in those couple of weekends I can't imagine. So I believe let me see. So they got ten grand for winning Guam in in Marianas Open? Yes. Yeah they got ten grand each. Then they fly to to Abu Dhabi And they pick up 15 grand each for winning the black belt divisions there as well. That's 25 grand in two weekends, seven days of work, man. That's incredible. And people
2: say there's no money in jujitsu. That's true. Yeah, but you gotta be at the the top. But man, if you are, things are
1: looking pretty good. Yeah, it is. That's an argument that I hear quite a lot, actually, is that, oh, these guys still aren't getting paid what they deserve and stuff. You know, the amount that they pay and they invest in their careers, they're still not getting back that much. But hey, you know, it has to start somewhere, right? Yeah,
0: especially I think um, Felipe and I Isaac, they're very young in the sport. I mean yeah. especially Isaac, he's he's a very new black belt, right? So I think we've we've always been accustomed to, to like the the stars of the sport, guys like Andre, Gavao and then things like that making money in the sport. But here you have two Two younger black belts, I know Felipe's been around for a few years, certainly, but especially Isaac is, yep. is a very young black belt, and they're going in, in there making money, so that's cool.
1: Yeah, it is. It's really cool, and, you know, especially for a guy like Isaac as well, you know, uh, he comes from what they call humble beginnings in, in Brazil, right, which basically means he comes from the hood, you know, yeah. mm. and like way out there in one of the, the worst areas of Rio de Janeiro as well, uh, far, far from the kind of the postcard scenery and stuff, you know, um, and for a kid like that, I mean, that's that's like incredible, life changing stuff. And he was telling me that you know he's obviously investing back into his career, but you know somebody's going to go to help
0: his family out as well. But so Chase was in Guam, and you, of course, were in Abu Dhabi. We I was. We didn't make the trip this time, oh, right? Oh, but uh, but you. I know you were, I, you were obviously there. We followed along. King of Mats was going down. That happened first. What was the I don't know, what stood out to you the most, do you think, from, from the King of Mats experience? Well, first of
1: all, this is my third year in Abu Dhabi running, yeah, right? Yeah. And like I thought that I kind of knew what to expect, but UAE J J F came with this new initiative, the King of Mats. And uh, it really surprised me because, you know, we, we found out about it not too long ago and they're saying like, oh, we're going to invite all these big names and we're going to get like, uh, you know, have a round robin. And, you know, I, I was like, man, this is like completely different. You know, this is something we've seen on like Super Fight Pro shows and stuff. But to do this at like a major tournament like this was was a real, it was a kind of disruptive, right? Mm. And the way that it played out was just incredible. Like they had the three mats, they bro- stopped the entire tournament. They had the three mats running. And they had the the three divisions, and it was lightweight, middleweight, heavy, running at the same time. And it was just these six-minute matches, high-paced, running back and forth. It was like, oh, my God, building through to these finals. And I think what shocked me the most was probably how much I really, really enjoyed it. And how much I really want to see more. Mm. Because I felt like it was the precursor to what could be an amazing new thing in jiu-jitsu. The the format, specifically? The format, the idea that they want to make this like a traveling show, apparently. That's the kind of the the tentative plans, is they want to take King of Mats on the road. They're going to have a circuit, and they're going to run it like over the year uh, with multiple events in different locations around the world. And it's just like wow,
2: like another high level event with all these amazing black belts going at it. it could be amazing. I mean, so what's really cool about King of mats too is the three weight classes. I love that because you yeah. see matchups that you would never get. You have stuff like Jamie Canuto versus Andre Galvao. Yep. Canuto um, versus Clark Gracie. Exactly. You yeah. know, it really, really opens the field up. Combine that with round robin, and you just have a, a mix of amazing matches.
1: Yeah, the round robin thing as well. Um, it's not perfect. They still need to iron out some creases. Like there's a, there's a few things like in the rules and the regulations. So they don't remember Copa Podio, the 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 Grand Prix, the mm. round robin. That for every um, every match that you win, you would accumulate points, right? Just like Kazai run the same thing, sure. right? It's like you know, let's say four points for submission, three points for draw, uh, three points for uh, points, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So. They didn't do that at uh, King of Mats. It was a different criteria. They basically totaled up how many wins you had. And then, like, the basically, the, if you had equal number of wins to somebody else, well, it was, well, how many matches did you win by submission? And then if that was equal, it was how many matches did you win by points, and did you win more points than that other guy? And it was, like, this descending list of criteria. For me, that made it really complicated. Mm. And I was just thinking, well, just, just, just have it, like, points for how you win the match. Yeah. Because then there's no, like oh, well, that guy, you know, he won this match by an advantage, so he did to go through over me. It's like, no, no, just, just make it simpler. Yeah. So that was the only thing I didn't like about the round robin. And unfortunately, the, the same kind of, like, problem with the round robin rules came up during the country qualifiers later in the week when Beatrice Mosquita, who is like a, I think she's a five-time world pro champion. Cool. And, you know, she was pretty hot pick to go through and to do it again this year. Well, she didn't get out of the round robin. And what happened was, it was her, Luisa Montero, Bianca Basilio, and Nadia Mello. So Beatrice goes out, she submits Bianca. She loses to Luisa by advantage, but then Nadia Mello, who had already fought Luisa and Bianca, pulled out. So what happened was, when, when you accumulated all the wins and stuff, Luisa and Bianca had one more match on their resume oh, wow. than, Bia- than Beatrice. And it's like, yeah, so mathematically impossible. Exactly, there's no comeback, she can't win. So, what happened? I remember in Copa Podio, if if a guy had pulled out of the round robin for whatever reason say he was hurt, or he just he's like, Man, I lost all my matches, there's no point going back out. They would just strike off his match against all those other people. So, Mm -hmm. we'd imagine that they, yeah, they competed, but it was now, it was just they would accumulate scores of a round robin
0: if everybody doesn't face this guy then nobody faced him exactly even the playing
2: field yeah yeah exactly
0: man what I, I was most surprised about King of Mats, though is there were so many upsets I felt like yeah, I felt were. like it was like every, every match basically was like an upset I felt like I was like whoa well let's talk about the biggest one I mean
1: uh, Andre Galvan not making it out of the round robin right that was huge yeah. and then Charles Negremonde going on to win the middleweight uh, uh, he, everybody knows Charles is tough yeah. right he's super tough but this is by far the biggest win of his career and, you know, world pro, king of mats, going up against guys like Henato, like Jamie, like Andre Galvao.
2: That's, man, that's a big deal right there, right? So that was a breakout performance for me, I think. I think uh, Negromante really excels in the six-minute matches because he's got that really tough grinding game. He does not pull guard. He wants to play on the feet. And he can, he can hold that pressure and pace easily for six minutes. Yeah, he's rock solid, Whereas man. in 10 minutes, maybe, maybe someone's forced to do something, you know, where he, he's forced to pull guard. Puts himself in a less advantageous position. Six minutes, he can he can maintain the whole time, and it really shows. Yeah, I think Negromonte's
0: top pressure is pretty notorious. We hear about it. <laughs> yeah. a lot. I so. mean he trains with Roger Gracie. You yeah. know, he's
1: built like a tank as well. That that guy's top game must be horrific, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he went out there and he played really well. Um, you know, very strategic, very smart, and came away with. Uh, pretty nice chunk of change as well so huge weekend for alexander trans who we hadn't really seen for a while man uh, this is actually one of the biggest stories out of king of mats for you me. think so yeah so he submitted roberto cyborg in the in the in the final which is incredible you know like just an amazing achievement and i followed trans like straight off the mat and i followed him backstage and uh i've known trans a few years now you know uh, we're, we're pretty cool but um I was you know, I, I was just kind of watching. I was like leaving a little bit of distance because I don't wanna bother him like the yeah. moment he comes yeah. off the mat, right? I was kinda of thinking, I'll let him get back to the warm-up area and then a man he came back and he just sat down and just all came out. The emotions wow. just bawling. Now, you know, he's a pretty big, like Viking dude from Denmark <laughs> and Scandinavia. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's a lovely guy, but the Scandinavians, they're pretty they keep them, you know, they're kinda of a little bit say they closed off shall we say no oh, man That just floodgates opens, wow. and he's crying his eyes out and we spoke later and he's like man you have no idea it's like he's like he showed me his knee and his knee is kind of like like that right it's just he doesn't know what have it that a, is it doesn't look good <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <His> <laughs> knee looks like a well imagine figure. doing that with your leg it shouldn't happen yeah, right yeah. so yeah apparently he doesn't have a pcl right now it's like his knee is completely shot and he's gonna, you know, immediately now go back to Brazil because he lives there, and you know, he's gonna get some surgery. And he did that entire tournament with one leg, Jeez. and 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 beat guys like Cyborg in the final. I mean, that's incredible, right?
0: Yeah, it was awesome so. to see see him. And out that's there. why we like haven't said, seen him. Yeah, we hadn't seen him in a while, so yeah. to go out there and, and get a, such a big win, I thought I was my pick for a submission of the, of the tournament. There was Trans mm. over over. Um, uh, over cyborg that was a very impressive one
1: which people can do right they can vote and uh, we've got it on our site so we've got the the, the best five matches and the best best five submissions and the voting closes tonight and we're asking people to actually go on there and to uh, to cast their vote because the the uae jgf will award five thousand dollars to the best submission of the of the King of Mats tournament and the best match.
0: So I should keep my mouth shut. I shouldn't tell who I <laughs>
1: voted. for no, you can for you, they, stay <laughs> out there. I mean, like am <laughs> yeah. gonna yeah, just one vote among many. Um, I'm personally
2: for the best submission. I'm voting for Hanato Kanuto. I don't know if you guys that saw that one. one. That was incredible. That was my, my vote too. Uh, man, it is next level. He he taps Clark Gracie with essentially a flying armbar, but it's just not it's not what you expect. If it you is seen not it, what yeah. you expect. Hanato Kanuto is
0: just is just. Straight must see TV. Oh, Anyta- yeah. Anytime Hanato Kanuto is on the mats, I am beelining to the mats. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna
1: jump to a clip real quick. Actually, we're gonna play the best missions of the King of Mats. So we uh, good to go. Not, I not seeing it. You're not seeing it? All right. Okay. let's do a Little technical issues. Let me uh, try and jiggle my cable. See if that. Uh, but Hanato was there
0: in Guam last Hanato... year. When I, when I was there too, I got to know Hanato and. And he hit a couple of flying submissions in Guam, too, last year. And, uh, I was
1: watching his match from the, the most recent Marianas Open against Servio Tulio, and he hits this beautiful, like, jumping cartwheel guard pass from seated guard straight to the back. I think he tried to do a similar thing against Eddie Cummings. Man, mm-hmm. it's just... Mm-hmm.
2: The guy's so acrobatic. So it's dynamic. so good watching him. Yeah. You know what was fun to no, see was... All right, um, no clips. Boom. It's Not to see You, and I? Can, vi- I you
0: can visualize it. Yeah. <laughs> the Hanato
1: submission of... Um, of uh, of Clark Gracie yeah. It was amazing. It was kind of like he was passing in the in the like the leg drag position, and then he kind of grabs the sleeve, and then he just yanks it up straight to the arm bar. And it was exactly the same thing. If you've seen, if you remember a few years ago, that half Mendes did to Cabrino in the final of the worlds, mm-hmm. but. Um,
2: you, know, you don't see clock race, get tapped out very often, right? So that was pretty cool.
0: It was a quick one, too. He, he, finished, it, he finished it very quick.
2: Man, I got to roll with Hanato in, in Guam, and, uh, nice. you know, he was doing a lot of his acrobatic knees, a lot of flying submissions, mm. and what blew me away was just how tight those flying submissions were. I really? Mean, sometimes, you know, I mess around, I try one or two, and there's always an adjustment for me. Like, I, I don't just lock it on. It is tight in the air. Before he lands, I'm like, oh, my God, I need to tap. It, <laughs> he just clamps his hips. I don't know what he's doing, but it's... He's got it down to a science, for sure. All right, we've actually we've got the clips up and running now, so uh, we're going to
1: run this. We've got the clips. Good to go? We have the power. All right, here we go. So this is the best submissions from King of Mats. And number one, that was your pick, Reed, right? Yeah,
0: Transverse was.
1: cyborg. You were saying uh, cyborg injured his hip in this mm, match. Exactly that moment right there you saw right at the beginning. Apparently, he kind of, like, when he swept him, and yanked it.
0: And here's the one you guys were talking about.
1: Yeah, so... Hanato doing what Hanato does, and there it is. Watch that controlled sleeve lifts him up.
2: Boom! And it's tight. Ooh. Look at that. Yeah, really
1: Tight, man. It's a quick
0: one. That is a sweet one.
1: And Cyborg. Hey, you know, let's not forget that he actually had a great run to get to the finals as well. He uh, he himself had some great performances earlier on, and
2: he ran up so many points in this match before getting the submission. Roberto Satoshi is another fan favorite, personal favorite of mine. Yep. Look at this. Just. So quick. Yeah, that was beautiful. You notice that lapel that he was using as well mm. to kind of like control the arm? You've been playing with that a bit recently. I
1: like the right? lapel game. Yeah. And then beautiful knee bar in the in the Ram Robin in the lightweight division, Samuel Cancarino tapping out Hiago George. Nice angle right there. I like that. Yeah. So, you know, all in all, there was uh, there was plenty of excitement. There was plenty of action in the King of Mats and
0: you know definitely going to Abu Dhabi and watching the World Pro it's it's in a very unique experience that stadium. Um, you know going to the stadium yeah. the the people there you know the culture of, of watching jiu jitsu is, is certainly a little different over there um, so it, that's that's definitely what you're talking about if you're a jiu jitsu fan you need to go to Guam well i feel like you also kind of need to go to Abu Dhabi at least once Man, too as a
1: jiu jitsu fan i also i also would add to that if you're a jiu jitsu competitor whether it's a blue purple brown or black belt and you don't have it on your list of things to do to go to Abu Dhabi and compete a world pro then you played yourself, because yeah. it, is, it is such a good opportunity to go there to experience a, a professional-level tournament unlike anything else in the world, and you win, you get paid, right? Gabriel Souza, for example, from ZR Team, Brown Belt, he won his division, and he got second place in the international uh, ranking in the, in the Brown Belt division, right? Man, he pulled 11 grand that weekend, He got six grand for winning his division, and then he got five grand for the second place in the uh, in the ranking. It's not bad. He's a freaking brown belt. Not bad.
0: What I I like most about it is that there's an avenue to to get to these places too. You know, like if, if you go and win a couple. Uh, win gold at a couple of these Grand Slam events. You know, there's an avenue for them to um, pay for your flight and, mm-hmm. and over, over to, to compete, and, like, what's better
2: than that? But you don't <laughs> have to either. If you just want to go to Abu Dhabi, it is an open tournament. You can, tournament. You can register yeah. and compete. So it's it's got a great mix of everything, really. Yep. It does. It's great. Um, there was one other
1: issue uh, from World Pro that came up, and this oh, was yeah. a little bit more controversial. Um, we were talking about this earlier. So, you know, leg locks, so hot right now in jiu-jitsu, mm. Right. And uh, we see a lot more people playing them, and it's kind of interesting, right? Because leg locks, I think, were always thought more of a no gi thing.
2: Right? Of course, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, right. It's like kind of more of a no gi thing, especially we see tournaments like EBI, like Kazai, and the many super fights. So ADCC is one of the best fight, examples, fight right? Fight to win. So many tournaments that have like you know great examples of leg locks taking place. But let's not forget that leg locks can actually happen in the gi as well, right? I mean, we've seen some good ones, sorry, right? in the Urba Santos with his amazing
0: knee bar. Yeah, yeah, that one you know. comes to mind immediately. Definitely, yeah. that was a badass one. So
1: you know there are good black
0: especially the straight ankle lock too. You see that one uh, all the time in the gi, yeah.
1: And the straight ankle lock, right? So people complain Mikey,
0: about. Mikey Musumeshi is a oh. is a good, great at that one. Oh, remember he, last year he had fast hit the submission yeah, in yeah. the pants. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: and uh, remember when we were in Rio last November and we were training with Kyle Kyle Terra? Yes. And he showed us. Uh, the hips-in thing from the, from the Achilles lock, remember? Yep, yep, yep. yep. And that's actually uh, kind of exactly what Mikey does to finish his ankle lock so quickly. Mm. And he just blasts it on. So a very similar thing happened at the World Pro when Luisa Monteiro fought Bianca Basilio in the, the round-robin country qualifier for the Brazilian under-62-kilogram division. Okay, So basically, the way it works at World Pro, you're only allowed two people per nationality in the main bracket. So we already had one. She qualified. It was Luisa Pies, And then, like, all the others had to fight for that second spot amongst themselves in, like, a little tournament before the main tournament. So you had Bianca Basilio, Beatriz, etc., etc. So Luisa and Bianca went up against each other. And there was a little same, problem. Same team, right? Same Atos. Both Atos. Don't train together, but they're still under the greater Atos baron mm. banner. They closed out at Pans to recently, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So they ended up fighting. And, of course, you know, Will Pro doesn't allow closeouts. I don't think anybody anticipated that this would actually happen in the final. So, uh,
0: yep. All right, let's play. But this this is off of a, um, a straight ankle lock attempt right this here, right? Is
1: off a straight ankle lock. All right, not play.
2: quite an attempt. I'd say uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <Elno.
0: laughs>
1: <laughs> Playing. There, there we, we go. go. All right. So we put this up on the site earlier, and as you can see, Bianca is hunting for this footlock, and. Well, just like it says, watch and see for yourself. Look at that.
0: Now that this she reminds this reminds me of um, of Jamil Hill versus Kesheño mm-hmm. at hands last year. I don't know if you remember that match. It was a semifinals, very similar thing. Only Shane Jamil uh, Hill got go disqual- disqualified. Him, he, he being the uh, the Footlocker.
1: Well, we put this clip up on our Instagram, and it had like over a hundred and. 70 comments. Well, can you explain, like, what's controversial about it, I guess? Right. So, if you're attacking a straight ankle lock, and I'm just going to pause it right here. If you're attacking a straight ankle lock, now, you are not allowed to turn inwards, meaning you're not allowed to turn towards the direction of the free leg to finish the ankle lock. You can turn the other way. You're only allowed to turn to the outside because what the rule is, it's considered that they don't want you placing pressure on the knee by turning inward. So if you go outwards, then the knee will naturally bend, and you know you can still attack the ankle. But it's the same thing as considered a reap. So notice that her foot goes on the hip. All right, the foot doesn't pass across, which is the the reaping rule the that reaping everybody line. freaks out. Right, right. But then if you notice what she does is she puts her hips in straight here. So foot goes on the hip, bang. Foot goes in. St- oh, the hips and that go that in straight.
2: Uncomfortable. Yeah. Right there.
1: So she's not actively rolling to her right side but what happens is there now louisa kind of lifts up as she falls to the right and then you can see that is the point when she does start rolling and Bianca continues the role, goes belly down, finishes it. Now, you have to mention this as well, that Louisa was taken off in a wheelchair. Like, really? She really, oh, wow. really jacked her ankle.
0: And, and, and there's a little bit of gray area there, there right? Because it, it, if Louisa initiates the role, then it's not technically illegal, right? Exactly, If, if, it, if yeah. Louisa voluntarily goes that way... And then if then Bianca just follows. And follows, yeah. then it's technically not illegal. But if Bianca forces her to go that way, that's what's... If she initiates the role, that's what's illegal. It's almost
2: harder to tell in slow motion there, too, because you can't really see the momentum yeah, as well. Um, it's true. I mean, yeah. the slow motion kind of, it doesn't actually
1: clarify it, and it happens so fast. So, I mean, obviously, we don't want to see anybody injured. We feel really bad for Louisa. I know that she's super upset about it as well, and she feels that it was a legal move. Illegal? She does. Mm-hmm. Bianca, on the other hand, feels obviously that I didn't roll. I just put my hips in and stuff, you know. She feels bad about hurting her. No, yeah. Nobody wanted that to happen. But um, it just goes to prove, though, that leg locks in the gi can be as effective as the heel hooks and the... Twisting leg locks—that was no. nasty. Right? That was yeah, it was interesting g- grip or not?
0: Interesting grip too. There, she didn't she didn't lock her hands. She just had the lapel grip there. Just and she was handed. using
1: in her free hand. She was actually controlling the the pant leg to mm. stop Luisa from pulling the leg out. So, really interesting. And actually, that's the thing that Almeida Jiu Jitsu those guys do really well. They have a really nasty straight ankle lock. Caio hmm. Almeida, who's one of the two Almeida brothers of Almeida Jiu Jitsu and one of the coaches to Bianca, he tapped out Roberto Satoshi. In like 20 oh, seconds at the 2016 World Championships mm-hmm. with exactly that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah, I remember that first round. Because remember, really? we, yeah, we yeah. were at
1: Worlds and we were like, man, we're Satoshi. Like, we thought that he was we here. Saw him, yeah. And actually, no, he just like, lost in 20 seconds and disappeared. We yeah, were like,
0: first round. Wow. Yep. So
1: so there you go. Leg locks
2: in, in the gi to be equally respected, right? And uh, also always effective and no gi, as we know, because Tom DeBlas, fight to win pro 72. There you go. Uh, finished his match in 30 seconds, just, just like that, man. He he's got a game plan down, and it was it was something to watch. If you guys have not seen that Tom DeBlass clip of of his quick submission at Fight To Win Pro, you should check it out. Yeah, it's- that was great, man. I love seeing guys
1: come out like hungry after yeah. that submission, you know. And, and and Tom, we've talked about it. He's a he's a great competitor. He loves getting out there in the mix, but sometimes I feel like he almost loves getting those knockdown dragout matches <laughs> because he's having so much fun you know he's just there like but in the middle of this war but it was nice to see him just go out there and go oh, all right take care of business yeah right? that was that's was
2: clinical surgical mm. yeah definitely one it. of
0: my favorite main event uh fight to wins that in uh that I can remember in a while like yeah. i said just to see somebody go like Tom go out there and just take the submission like that's that was badass pretty awesome and uh so this
1: weekend got a couple of big events coming up we have Fight to win in Chicago Bill Cooper. Right? Bill
2: Cooper's back on the card again. He's taking nice. on uh, Chicago local Mark Vivas Vivas. Uh, Mark is a savage by the way. He's been on fight to win four times now, I believe, and he just has a wicked uh, closed uh, armbar I mean armbar from closed guard, and uh, it comes on quick. He moves really well. Everyone knows Bill Cooper. he's a showman. he loves to, he loves to have a good time on the mat. He took uh, Wagner Roche the distance uh, last time I' fight to the win the distance, right? Oh, he did get tapped in the last few seconds. That's yes. right. It was one guy? or two seconds yeah. left. Two I forgot. Seconds. Yeah, Wagner's an animal. Yeah, um, yep. But Bill's always looking, looking to put on a good time. So I'm very excited for Fight Twin Pro 73. That's taking place in Chicago this Saturday. Nah, that'll be a lot and of you, fun. And
0: you're uh, about to get on a plane, right? <laughs> you, just got, you just got off a plane, <laughs> yeah. And now you're about to get a, get back on a plane. I am. Yeah. So uh, to uh, a completely different part of the. Hemisphere, part of this world. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Trying not to think about it, but it's actually going to be awesome because uh, Will and I got back from Abu Dhabi on Tuesday, and Abu Dhabi was great, i got to say. Like, uh, three years running, and I was a little bit you know, nervous about going there again because it's just such a big tournament, a tough week. But we had great fun, amazing jiu-jitsu, such an incredible tournament, and then coming straight back to Austin, you know, arrive on Tuesday. So tomorrow afternoon, Friday, Will and I are flying to Sao Paulo, Brazil. And we're going to go there for the Brazilian nationals, the uh, the brown and black belt Saturday, Sunday, and of course the black belt absolute as well. So I'm super excited because I was at the Brazilian nationals last year, and I got to say it was crazy. Because remember that was when there was the race for the ranking with
0: Leandro and Urbeth. Mm-hmm. and
1: at Brasileiros they fought twice in the same day.
0: It was insane. your <laughs> <'Cause laughs> right? your old stomping grounds, right? Are you, are you yep. excited to? to- Go oh back.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I lived in Brazil for like almost seven years, so yeah. I'm pretty excited about going back. We're gonna. This is part of our greater road to world trip. We'll talk about it in a bit, but uh, we're gonna go and hit up a few different cities. So you know, it'll be, I'm really looking forward to it. But to be honest, I'm really looking forward to Brasileiros for a number of different reasons. Number one, no Leandro, no Urbeth. Now that leaves the door wide open mm. for the. Absolute title, right? And that's the big question is like, well, who's gonna win it this year? Mm. And man, I, I, I honestly can't say because there's like a bunch of wild cards, yeah. there's a bunch of really there's like, there's like 500 black belts signed up, <laughs> yeah, right? there's, it's, there's it's like so a big
0: it, it, Brazilian Nationals, like, has
2: just the most black belts out of any tournament there. So it's like, who knows? The story for me, return of nicholas Marigali. We haven't seen him, we have not seen him winning worlds last year. We're and, big fans of Nicolas Marigali. You know, He's just one of my favorite to watch, so I cannot wait to see what he does. And uh, that, of course, sets up his performance at Worlds. Worlds, yeah. Uh, this a whole is...
0: year of, of not competing and just improving, just in the gym. Like, yeah, you're right. It'll be interesting. And we're not really sure even what he's been doing in that time. Like, we have a feeling
1: that he maybe did some kind of surgery because a lot of his posting is about, like, recuperation mm. and physical therapy and stuff. So maybe he addressed something afterwards. That's why we haven't seen him for so long. But uh, it's just a huge question mark. Like, seriously, who knows? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, I mean, that's going to be huge. And Brazilian Nationals, is the last major tournament before Worlds as well. So it's so important in defining how things are going to, you know, look when it comes to the biggest tournament of the year, you know, at the end of May. So very much looking forward to that one. Yep. And um, Americans go going there as well this year as well, which is a little bit different because, you know, we don't. Often see that many foreigners at the Brazilian nationals, and to be honest, for a non-Brazilian to win Brazilian nationals, it is a big deal. Mm. You, know, you can count on one hand the amount of people who have actually done that. I believe. I think out. for
2: Americans, it's just B.J. Penn and Lovato. At black belt, I think you're right. Yeah. You know, some couple
1: have done it at brown, but at black belt, it's it's an incredibly difficult feat. I
0: know Lovato's the
2: only American to have ever won the absolute division, but I'm not sure beyond that. Yeah, so th- there was a guy uh, I forget his name. I was looking at this recently uh, from Australia, I believe, that won at Black Belt yeah no in way. 2011, Australian, ultra yeah. heavyweight or something. Hmm. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh
1: man, I have to go back and check that out. It's, yeah. it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Look into it. <laughs> Look into it. <laughs> but uh, there are a couple of uh, couple of Americans going down this weekend. Um, two notables and both from New York. We got Gianni Grippo. who's going to be signing up for the Black Belt uh, featherweight. Um, coming off second place at the King of Mats and second place at the Abu Dhabi World Pro. And first
2: place at Pan's. Just just (laughs) a machine, man. doesn't stop.
1: He doesn't stop. That guy's got no chill. He's just (laughs) (laughs) constantly on the go. And uh, Devontae Johnson as well, the brown belt, the super heavyweight who we're also big fans of. He's going to go down and compete in Brazil for the first time. And uh, he was telling me he's super... Right, nice. We know, know, know yeah, Devontae yeah. can get pumped. Yeah. Too, so <laughs> that, that, I wish I was there to see that. Cause. Man, you need to be for Brasileiros because that tournament is just something else. Like, I have literally never been to a louder jujitsu tournament. Do they, do they chant the
2: uva? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, the, when, when it uh, came down to, like, finals, you know, you kind of, like, this, like, the 12 mats... And you got the one mat down in the corner, which is the one where they have all the black belt finals. And everybody just piles down to that corner of the arena. And it's a big, big, like, oval-shaped arena. And just, I remember, yeah, wow, it was just deafening in there, especially hmm. with Leandro and Herbeth. But there's no shortage of local guys as well, you know, because, like, Sao Paulo is a real hot spot for jiu-jitsu. I would say, to be honest, it's the, probably the, the city with the highest concentration of high-level black belts in Brazil now is Sao Paulo. And it always used to be real. Yeah, now, like, yeah, back in the day. But Sao Paulo now is just like, you've got. Cicero Costa's gym you've got Alliance HQ you've got Almeida Jiu Jitsu you've got Leandro Lowe's Brotherhood you've got Urbeth's j- team you've got Guigo you know you've got all these major major academies right there in one city so are you going to stop by Esquadra uh, I don't know exactly where we're going we're going to hit up a bunch of gyms but yeah. it's kind of you know what our planning is very Brazilian at this stage
2: <laughs> we're just going to figure it out <laughs> well, let's jump into it where, where, <coughs> what are we talking about here I think Excuse Road me. to Worlds is is on all of our minds. And we should let the public know what we're gonna do. Yeah, man, we haven't we
0: haven't talked about it yet. We haven't announced it yet. So I think this will serve as, as sort of an a official announcement here, right? Obviously, last year uh, we did the road to Worlds. Chase and I we did a did a fun little road trip where we went to. Uh, Lucas Lepre's in Charlotte, North Carolina and we went to Soul Fighters in Dallas and Gustavo Dante's in Arizona. We, we did, had a, a fun little road trip and uh, boom, we're doing it again because the <laughs> World Championships is coming up at the end of the month here, May 30th. So uh, all, all of us, all four of us, are going to be hitting the road. But this
1: time, we're going international, this baby. This time yeah. we're going international. <laughs> Overseas. We're, we're,
0: yeah, we're, we're spreading things out a little bit more here. Um, so Hal and Will will be going to Brazil. Yep, we're
1: hitting up Sao Paulo, obviously. We're going to stick around after the Brazilian Nationals for a couple of days and uh, like I said we're still figuring out exactly where we're going to go because it's spoiled for choice mm-hmm. we are going to go to Porto Alegre down in the south of Brazil which is where Marigali trains uh, with Mario Hayes' team down there in the south that's going to be interesting and then we're going to finish up in Rio and we're going to hit up GF team of oh course, man that's going to be great killers up there so. yeah
0: that's the deb- three huge gyms right there that uh, a lot of updates can't miss that and then and of course uh, while we're on
2: the road where are you guys going to be? Well, we start, we start our journey in New York on Monday. We're going to, of course, see all the big gyms there. Marcella Garcia, Unity, maybe someone else, maybe JT Torres. We'll see what happens there. But then... The real fun begins because we're going to Dublin.
0: We're going to Ireland, baby. That's we're going correct. to, Ireland. We're going to Ireland. I like it. I like that. Who, to, who are
2: we going to hang out with in Ireland? We're going to
0: hang out with Dara in Ireland. Dara O'Connell, of course. He's a Hiberno Jiu Jitsu guy. In one of the biggest uh, owns one of the biggest gyms, East Coast Jiu Jitsu Academy in in Dublin, um, Ireland. And uh, it's actually the Irish Open is is happening in um, on when we're going to be there as well. Uh, the biggest tournament I-
2: in Ireland, so we're going to be covering that a little bit it's as well. It's, awesome, it, it's not an no IBJJF event. It's I guess you call it a private event. Uh-huh. And the, and the winners do get a. Paid trip, I believe, to Europeans. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so there's a lot on the line. These guys are going to go hard chasing yep. that. Man, they send quite a lot of
1: uh, competitors to Europeans as well, right? You, we we always see a big they, Irish contingent there. Yeah, so. I think
2: that
0: I think they um, they brought Ireland brought like 150 competitors. We got to find that
2: graphic we did. Yeah, we. <laughs> got to, I, I
0: have it. I, I think they brought like 150 competitors, and and um, Dara brought like 65 <laughs> of that, like almost almost half. Of, almost uh, half were just yeah, his students. Yeah, just his students. That's amazing. So we're also, we're going to be hanging out with Conor McGregor probably. <laughs> Um, sure look, look, look for that exclusive yeah. John, get, John
2: if you're get, watching set it up get Dylan, no let's get Dylan reach out to Dylan we, we gotta like get the Dylan to hook it from Ireland we're hopping over to Norway which is gonna be another really cool part of the trip hang out with the Vikings that's Espen Matias, and Also, just one. At we didn't World talk Pro. about
0: Espen, but another guy who uh, I think impressed World all Pro of champion. us. World Pro Champion. Yeah, he was yeah.
1: the uh, he was the only non Brazilian champion in the male divisions. Actually, wow. um, Amal Amjahid from Belgium, who is just an absolute firecracker, and I urge you to yeah. go and watch her matches because she's a killer. She won double gold at Europeans as well. Remember, and just she's she loves monster. that overhead she sweep, monster, and yeah. she just. Such a finisher, and she's so small, and she
0: goes out there, wins the absolute divisions. And so cool, I, yeah. incredible. Uh, well, she
1: was the she was a, um, a non Brazilian champion in the in the women's divisions. But then to have um, you know Espen go out there and, and rep Norway in the World Pro, first time Scandinavians ever won like the World Pro title, I believe. Yeah,
0: this man, this, this what these guys are doing, I think, is just completely unprecedented. Obviously, one of the reasons why we're going there. Want to see what they're up to, right? Man, it, it's just insane how these guys, uh, Tommy Langgacher, another guy in there, Espen Vegard, um, Vegard, they're, they're just um, on the on the um, you know the west coast of Norway. You know, there's really not, it's from what I understand, there, there's man. not much <laughs> over. there. There, you know, except a room with some mats, and these guys are just killers. They're coming out of this room, and Tommy placed third. Um, Tapped Herbers. Taft Herbers at, at Europeans, and of course, he had a great performance as well at, uh, the, at Pan's. And Espen won one World Pro. Like there's some there's something in the water yeah. in this town. I want to drink in, it <laughs> <laughs> in Norway, and we're gonna go find out what it is because because uh, those guys have been killing it. So man, I'm super jealous. I, I, I went to Norway a couple of years ago. That's right. right? So right. When the, that's
1: the very first time that I met the Vikings, that's as we right. as we now call them. And uh, I just got a, a very brief taste of of what it was like there. And uh, man, it is just it is far from the idea that we have of the jiu jitsu lifestyle you know what i mean and
0: we it's we like, got a, we got a few other uh, other spots like i said we're 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 playing we're uh, also mobile here <laughs> we're <laughs> also playing a little on, on the brazilian time as well we got a few <laughs> other spots we we're going to try to hit up and of course we're going to convene in california the week yeah, before yeah all roads
1: lead to california all roads right? lead
0: to california for the ibjjf world championships uh, certainly my you know, most exciting time of the year, such a very exciting time, the World Championships. There's no tournament like it, and uh, I can't, ra- can't wait to, to get on the road and, and Man, you know, the out. funny
1: thing is that in, even in Abu Dhabi, you know, I was talking to various people and stuff, and a, a bunch of them came up to me and they asked us, "Is like, hey, are you guys going to do Road to Worlds again this year? Oh, I love it. Sweet. Yeah, Sweet. so you know what? Um, let's just make sure people know that they're aware, right, that they'll be able to follow this entire thing because, like, we'll be putting up stuff as close to real time as possible and they'll be able to follow on all our social channels and stuff, but we'll be putting up videos, vlogs, training highlights, athlete profiles, photo galleries, just you name it. Getting right? technique
2: We're- from all these guys, so yeah, it's going to be Techniques, so cool. Yep. We had a blast last year. Met a lot of people that we've never really had a chance to spend time with. It's going to be a similar case this time, so... Yeah, we're just trying
0: to do it bigger and better, so... Yeah, you you, you guys won't are, miss it. It's yeah. going to be
2: all over our social channels, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's happening.
1: <laughs> all right, well, I think that is a uh, perfect place to uh, cap today's episode. So, guys, I'll see you in uh, about three weeks or something. Yeah. <laughs> see you <laughs> in the world. I'll <laughs> see you later. Almost, yeah. <laughs> like, we come back, so a uh, couple of weeks, no podcast, but, uh, man, I just I can't wait now. The next couple of weeks is just a, uh, a nonstop stop Last-minute last sprint right there to the World Championships. Should be a lot of fun, huh? Let's do Let's it. Let's do it, man. All right, so peace out, guys, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks.
0: See you, guys.